praise God for his amazing love. And as we've been able to focus on that love in these songs this morning and in the scripture reading today, um, what a blessing to know that the God who made us, loves us, cares for us, and has provided for us everything that we need uh, to live life for his glory. I invite you to take your Bibles at this time and turn to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians 2. We're going to look at a few, a few verses here in the second chapter of Philippians. And as you're turning, uh, kids, I want to remind you, I know some of you received Bibles earlier this year already, and I want to encourage you to use those Bibles during the, uh, during the message time as we read the scripture. And uh, many of you, have, many of you younger, younger people have had Bibles for a long time. I also want to encourage you as well, even though we're, uh, we're posting the verses on the, on the screen uh, during this time, it's good for us to look in our Bibles and in our devices, whatever we use for our Bible reading, uh, just to be thankful uh, for the way that God has provided us his word. So let's read, I'm starting with chapter, um, Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude or thinking should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place, and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Praise God for the truth that the Apostle Paul has, has laid out for us here this morning as we see the great work of our Savior. I don't know how many of us needed encouragement this morning. Um, I know I did. I think all of us probably did. I think we're living in a time when that's not unusual. But what a great passage this morning to find encouragement for our hearts, for our souls, for our minds. We've been focusing for these last number of weeks, even months, uh, as, as you see on the screen, um, 2020, uh, in 2020, trying to see God's view uh, of things, of life, using the, uh, the number 2020, not only for this crazy year that we have, 
but also that's the way that the eye doctors classify good vision. If we can see things clearly, if we th- see things well, we're said to have 20-20 vision. And we want to have 20-20 vision of what's going on around us and what's happening in our own lives. And especially concerning what God has done for us in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And this passage, maybe above many others, I mean, it is one of the great passages that God uses us to remind us of the great things that, have, that God has done for us through his son, Jesus Christ. And we see such a clear presentation, especially in this last part of the passage that we've read, verses 6 through 11, which some people think was an early first century Christian hymn. Uh, and if it wasn't before, before Paul wrote it here, maybe it became one after he wrote it. But whatever the case, this is one of those great, great passages that, that kind of wraps up the whole gospel, all of the good news, into one section showing us that Jesus Christ is God himself, that he became a man, the perfect man, and that he humbled himself, even though he didn't deserve to be humble, because he's, he's the, the creator, he's the all-powerful God. He humbled himself, and not only just came to live in this world in a humble way, not only showed us the way of, of, of service, but he gave his life on the cross. And what a great, great statement of humility. And what a great statement of putting others before ourselves. And that's exactly what the first part of this passage is about and and why the Apostle Paul even included this great hymn in uh, in this passage. Look back at verse 1. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if you have any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion. And the, and the answer to all of those ifs is assumed by the Apostle Paul as he writes it. Yes, 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 I do. I have all of those things. All of us who are believers in Christ have everything that he's just mentioned here. We have encouragement from being united with Christ. Now, we may go through, through periods of, of time in our lives, maybe moments in a, in a given day or, or a day in a week or, or, or time periods throughout our lives where we struggle with that encouragement. But if we think about it, especially as we read passages like we just read, if we think about what God has done for us in Christ, we have encouragement. I have encouragement when I think of these things. When I think of what Jesus Christ has done for me, I am encouraged. When I think that he died on the cross for me, I am encouraged. When I think that because of his death on the cross, I am forgiven of all of my sins, I am encouraged. When I think about the future that I have, regardless of what happens in these days and weeks and months of this life, I have a future in eternity in his glory, and that gives me encouragement. So if we have any encouragement in Christ, yes, we do. If we have any comfort from his love, yes, we do have comfort from his love. If we have any fellowship with the Spirit, and we do have fellowship with the Spirit. We're experiencing that even right now. As we, we, across many miles right now, in this worship service, last week we had... 
You know, some people here, and we still have some people, and I'm not discounting those that are here. It's a, it's a great group of guys. But we had even a better group last week, a, a wider group, a, a larger group. We had a group in the portico also meeting outside. And plus, we had many of you who are also continuing to meet at home. This week, we're all separated in different places. But because of our fellowship in the Holy Spirit, our fellowship with him personally and the fellowship that we share with each other by him, then we're not bound by space. Just because there's only you know 10 or 12 of us here in, in the Midway Community Church Sanctuary right now, we believe that by the power of God's Holy Spirit, we are united right now. We are having fellowship right now with everybody who's tuned in with us online, with everybody who's united with us in, in believing the truths of God's word, who are, who are believing in Jesus Christ and what he's done for us, we believe that we have fellowship with one another by the power of his Holy Spirit. And sometimes, that he doesn't always do this, but sometimes he gives us a super great sense of that fellowship, where, where we just kind of can feel it, you know, with, with our senses, But even those times when we don't feel it like that, we know it because we know the truth of his word. And the Apostle Paul is assuming, as he writes this to the believers in Philippi, he's assuming that all of these believers have all of this encouragement, all of this comfort from his love, all of this fellowship with the Holy Spirit and with one another. That they've experienced tenderness and compassion and that they've shared it with each other. He's assuming that that is the case. And I'm assuming that this morning also for all of us who believe. But I also recognize there are some that are, that are with us this morning who don't believe yet. And I say yet because I believe that God has you interested, that God has you in, in the place that you're in this morning, even to be a, a part of this broadcast, a part of, of this service, that he's at work in your life, that he's drawing you to, to believe in Jesus, that, there's no, that this is not an accident. And that he's going to use his word this morning, again, by the power of his spirit and maybe the witness of somebody that you know that believes in Jesus. That he's going to use all of these things together to help you understand your need for a savior and that Jesus is that savior. And that he will save completely and utterly every single person who believes. And when he does save you, he says that his Holy Spirit changes us, enables us then to live our lives for his glory. And one of the things that he does is he changes our minds. He helps us to think better than we used to think. He helps us to think more correctly than we used to think. He helps us to think more truthfully than we used to think. And he helps us primarily through his word. And here this morning, as he, as he expects us to have all of these great attributes as believers in Christ, he then says this. He says this to these believers that he was familiar with, these believers that he was friends with, some of these believers that he personally led to faith in Jesus Christ. He says then, make my joy complete. See, he was super excited the moment they received Christ. When Lydia 
one of the first converts in Philippi, received Christ. The Apostle Paul was super excited. First of all, she was just an individual who needed, a, who needed the Savior, and she received Christ. So that, that alone gave him excitement. But also, she was an influential woman in, the, in, their, in their society. That gave him excitement. When the Philippian jailer received Christ, as, as Paul told him about the, about the love of Christ, when that jailer received Christ, Paul was super excited about him coming to faith in Christ. And his family came to Christ. They had a baptism service in the, in the house of the jailer that night that he came to Christ. Paul was super excited. He was full of joy. He was full of joy when he heard of others in Philippi coming to faith in Christ. But now he's saying, hey, I can have even more joy if something else happens in Philippi. And here's what he said he wanted to see happen. Make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Paul had seen so many miracles in Philippi. The, the Lydia coming to faith, the jailer and the earthquake and, and all that whole scenario that we've read about and talked about that comes from the, the book of Acts. Many, many people came to faith in Christ, many miracles. But you know, he's asking for a super miracle here, isn't he? When he said, here's what I want you to do now to make, to really get me excited, to really give me great joy. I want to hear when I get a report from this church, I want to hear that you all are getting along. I want to hear that God has changed you so much by the gospel, by the good news of Jesus Christ, that the Holy Spirit has filled you to the degree that it is impacting your relationships to the point that I could say that you're like-minded, that you have the same spirit and purpose, that you are unified, that you are committed to the same goals as a, as a local church, that you're not just thinking about yourselves, but in fact, you're thinking about others, that you're thinking even about others as more important than yourselves. Paul's thinking big about Philippi. Paul has high expectations about the Philippian believers in the Philippian church. Paul's asking for a miracle because the things that we just read that he was asking them to do to make his joy complete, those things don't come naturally. Those things come supernaturally. Those things come only after the individual and the group of people the, the local church, have had their minds changed by the Lord Jesus Christ, by their understanding of the word of God. Because this kind of talk, this kind of attitude, this kind of relationship is not common. It wasn't common in first century Philippi. It's not common in 21st century America where we think of others before we think of ourselves. It is our very human nature our sin nature, to think first and foremost, and in many cases only, about ourselves. 
And when you have a group of people that are all thinking about themselves, then there is discord, there is strife, there is griping and arguing and fighting and all those kinds of things. Apparently, Paul knew there was some of that going on in Philippi. Look with me at the fourth chapter, first, uh, second verse, Philipp- uh, Philippians 4.2. I plead with Yodia, and I plead with Sanctiki to agree with each other in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, loyal yoke, yoke fellow, help these women who have contended at, in my, at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I'm glad that I wasn't Yodia and Syntyche. Not just because they have names that would have stood out in a crowd here in 21st century America, but I'm also glad that I didn't get called out by the Apostle Paul in my letter to the local church that they belonged to that was going to be read in public in that, you know, in that community to know that I was one of those that had word had gotten back to him that I was fighting with my sister. But Paul heard about that, and maybe he heard some more, but, but he heard particularly about two women who were leaders in that church, who were influential in that church, and he heard that they weren't getting along anymore. They used to work side by side, arm in arm, hand in hand, helping reach Philippi for Christ, serving the poor in Philippi, probably serving the the needs of the new church that God was was putting together. They were were part of the leadership that, that put all that together. And now as the church is growing, now that the church is thriving, they're fighting with each other somehow. We don't know the details. But we know that it was bad enough that word got back to Paul. And Paul thought it was bad enough that he needed to bring it to everybody's attention and even call them out personally and say, ladies, get your act together. Start thinking correctly again. Have this mind, this attitude that is also in Christ Jesus. Have this in you. And then he goes into that great hymn of talking about the the humble attitude of our Lord Jesus Christ, that he wasn't thinking about himself when he went to the cross. He wasn't thinking about himself when he went to Bethlehem. Because remember what he gave up when he went to Bethlehem. He gave up all the riches of the eternal glory of God that he had been living in, existing in from all previous moments before. From all history and beyond history, he was in the glory of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he left that glory and entered Bethlehem. Amazing. He didn't do that for himself. He did that for us. Now, there's a sense then in which he did it for himself because we know now that we are his body. Those of us who have received Christ, and we've been talking about that at length over the past few weeks, that we're his body. And so 
even before we became a part of his body, he did his work on the cross. He did his work from Bethlehem to the cross. He did his work after the cross in his resurrection. He did his work in the ascension as he went back to the right hand of the Father. He did all of that for us. And so as a part of his body, in that sense, he did it for himself. And so in that sense, when we serve each other, when we put others before ourselves, we're also serving ourselves because we are a part of this great body. But I was, I was so um, happy this week in our, in our staff meeting to mention to our staff how thankful I am that to my knowledge, and that doesn't mean that, 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 that I know everything about our local church here at Midway. But as far as I know, as far as I knew last Wednesday, and as I know this morning, I don't know of a single Yodia or Syncticae that is a part of Midway Community Church. Now, not, not just you don't have that name, but I'm thankful that I don't know of anybody that I would say we need to get together and get back on the same page. And that's an amazing thought. It made me very, very thankful. But it also reminded me that we need to hear this this morning. We can't take this for granted. One of the first things that Ron Hagler, who prayed for our our offering this morning, one of our elders, one of the first things he came to me and talked to me about when the COVID virus crisis first hit and we were trying to figure out what we were going to do and how, we, how things were going to go and, and all these kind of things. One of the first things he came to me with was Romans chapter 15 and the passage where, where, he, where the Lord speaks about the Old Testament and things that we be looking at so that we can understand how we're supposed to live today and so that we can stay united in spirit and in mind, and in heart. He said, Dean, we need to be praying that we can keep the unity of the body here at Midway Community Church. Because these kinds of things divide it. And they do. And I praise God that he mentioned that to me. I know that he and I and others of of those of us in leadership have been praying for that ever since this thing happened. And many of us have been praying for this ever since Midway Community Church started. If not constantly, often. And God has blessed us over the years and especially during these days of crisis. He has blessed us with unity. He has blessed us with, with the same love the same spirit, the same mission and vision of continuing to live life for his glory, continuing to uphold the word of God, continuing to be patient with with each other as we work through the trials of this crisis. Putting, Putting your own interests aside, your own opinions in some cases aside, and saying, you know what, I don't know if the the way we're doing it is the, is the best way or, or, the, or the only way, but we're going to do it this way. We're going we're gonna to meet outdoors sometimes. We're going to meet indoors sometimes. We're going to meet online sometimes. But we're going to keep meeting. We're going to keep looking into God's word together. We're going to keep serving God together. We're going to keep worshiping him together. And we're going to stay together. And praise God, he's doing that in our midst. 
but I don't want us to take it for granted. I want us to remember that the fact that we're doing this, the fact that we're having this this unity, the, the fact that we're living in this harmony, this is to be attributed to the grace and work of God in our midst. And we need to give him thanks for it. And then we also need to remember the source of it as we look at the way he lives, the way that he ministers to us, the way that he did it in history, the way that he's doing it now, that we would have the same mind that is in Christ Jesus. That we would not allow the unity that he's given us to to be damaged or to be set aside because we start having our own conceited or vain ambitions getting in the way. Those normal, natural things that we tend to live by that we won't allow that to creep back into our minds, into our attitudes, and start demanding that we get our way, that people start honoring our opinion over, our, over others, and to, and to trust that we together, as the body of Christ here at Midway, can continue to shine for Christ in this community and around the world through the unity that he's given us. You know, this is one of the, one of the great calling cards that we have as a body of believers in a community. Turn with me real, very briefly as we close to John chapter 17, the gospel of John chapter 17. This is the Lord's prayer, not the Lord's prayer that we sometimes recite. This is the Lord's prayer um, that the Lord Jesus prayed for and with his disciples um, on, the, on the night just before he was arrested, before his crucifixion. I'm not going to read um, the entire prayer, but I want to read the part of the prayer that speaks about us, where he started praying for us even before his crucifixion. That should, that should encourage you um, to know that he was praying for you just before he died. I'm going to start with the 20th verse. My prayer is not for them alone. He has just been speaking... F- been praying for his disciples, for his apostles. So my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That's us. That's all of us who believe right here in Jesus' prayer. He says that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me, and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. His prayer continues. But what a prayer that he prayed that night for us. That we would be one, that we would be unified in spirit and in mind, just as Paul says in Philippians chapter 2. For the effect, not only for our joy, as Paul was talking about his joy, Um, with the Philippians, not just for our joy, 
but for the impact of our witness. He says that one of the greatest things that people in this community and in this world can see through his people, through his children, through his body, through his believers, is their unity with one another. And we have the opportunity as a local church to live in that unity. And as we do, each one of us, as individual members who are witnesses in this community and in the world, we have as our foundation our own local church that we are unified with and can, and can show them as we bring them, as we talk about this place, as we talk about our relationships here, this can be a, a great part of our witness to this community and to the world as we reach out with the gospel of Christ. And there has never been a time when our witness is more important. This time in our country is one of the most confusing times that any of us alive now can remember. Now, that's not to say that the United States hasn't had difficulties before. We have. In our own lifetimes, we've had grave difficulties. But probably none as grave as the difficulties and the confusion that we're walking through right now. And during these times, we need more than ever to be solid, bright witnesses for Jesus Christ. And as we pray for our own opportunities as individuals to be witnesses, we need to remember that we are operating from the foundation of a local church that is unified in our purpose, in our spirit, in our thinking. We need to recognize that. And so we need to guard that unity with everything that we have in us to guard it. Which means that all of us as individuals must continue to humble ourselves before Christ on a daily, on a daily basis. We must remember who we are beneath Christ. We must remember who we are in Christ. We've got to remember that we are about him, not about ourselves. That our primary goal in life is not to exalt ourselves or to promote ourselves or to seek out our own individual or our own family's well-being. Although we have those responsibilities, our primary goal is to promote the welfare and well-being and growth and health of the local body that he has put us in. And so, I, I honestly, and, and some of you understand the, the analogy, I honestly believe this morning that I am preaching to the choir. And that analogy re- remembers the day when, when a pastor was preaching and behind him were 30 or 40 or 50 um, other believers who'd been singing some of the songs and maybe some special music and those kind of things and are all in agreement together. And so we use the expression preaching to the choir to say, I'm preaching to people who agree with me. And I believe that because I see it, because I watch it. I watch the people of Midway humble themselves every day. I get to watch the praise team in a, in a unique way because I have a couple of members of the praise team in my home, in my family. 
And I get to see them humble themselves every week. As we enjoyed their leadership this morning online with the songs that we sang, that didn't just happen. They humbled themselves this week and gave up numerous hours of their time, not only to practice before they got to rehearsal and recording, but then to come to, to come here in the middle of the week and put that recording together in, in, in through a number of takes to, so that we can worship together like that. Now, we could have, we could have used some, some purchased um, videos from other, you know, other praise teams around the world or whatever, you know, that might've been just fine, but that was our people leading us in our worship of our God. They humble themselves and gave of themselves to do that. This morning, as we're, as we're having this service, we've got a group of humble men working on the, in, the, in the technical areas of things, making it possible for this service um, to, to get out to each of us so that we can do it together. It doesn't just happen. They don't just show up and do it. They work, they study, they prepare and they come together and they, and they work at it and troubleshoot and, and get it done. And on and on and on it goes. Last Sunday, we saw numerous believers here at Midway giving of themselves so that the service could come, the first indoor service could, could come together and, and go well. We see Sunday school teachers of all ages giving of themselves. We see people serving in physical ways, cleaning and straightening and putting things together. Mowing the yard and, and trimming and weeding and planting and all the different things that we do. We see every week people humble themselves in their giving. We don't often think about giving as humility, but it is. We're humbling ourselves and, and saying, I'm not going to use every single dime that God has given me for myself. I'm going to use some of it for others. I'm going to use some of it for God's glory. And we humble ourselves when we do that. And we praise God because God has provided for us through these difficult days of COVID-19 and crisis and all these different kinds of things. He's providing for us. And we praise him for that. He's doing that because we're humbling ourselves before him. And so my call to you this morning, my charge to you this morning is continue and do it even more. Look to the example of Jesus Christ. And continue to humble yourselves. Look to the cross and remember that that is an instrument of execution that Jesus went to willfully, humbly for the benefit of others and live that kind of life. Have that kind of attitude, that kind of thinking in you that is also in Christ Jesus. And may he use us to shine brightly from this foundation of peace, of harmony, of unity, of humility. May he use us to see others come to faith in him as well. Let's bow together in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we have so much to be thankful for during these difficult days. We're thankful this morning that we don't know of anyone who got sick or contracted the virus by being at our indoor service last week. 
And we pray that would continue through this week as, as we wait. We thank you that you've given us the ability and, the, and the, the resources, both the manpower and knowledge and the financial resources to continue to have services even on Sundays when we couldn't meet together in person, like this morning. We thank you for the, the wonderful property that you've provided for us, that we can meet in these outdoor services in such a beautiful sanctuary. We thank you for this building that we got to move back into last week and we look forward to in a couple more weeks being back here. We thank you for all all these blessings, all these benefits. But Father, most of all, we thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ and the work that he did for us and continues to do for us seated at your right hand, sending your Holy Spirit to live in all of us who believe so that we can live our lives for your glory. We thank you for the work that you've done for us in Christ, and we thank you for the example that Jesus set for us in humility so that we can get along, so that we can continue to get along in such a way that we will serve as a church, as a foundation for our witness in our community, in our world. Make us fruitful, we pray, in that witness. Prepare the hearts of those that we know that we will be in contact with so that when we share the great news of Jesus, they will be ready to respond. Or use us to prepare them to respond the next time somebody shares their faith with them or they hear a message, or they read a verse. But whatever the case, Father, we pray that you would use us and that you would help us to look to Jesus so that we would continue to have the right attitude, the humble attitude, that we can work together, that we can give together, that we can serve together, that we can live together in such a way that we would be an attraction to those who don't have these kinds of relationships. Father, for those who aren't a part of this body, maybe they haven't received Christ yet or they haven't decided to join us yet, we pray that you would work in their hearts, that they could also become a part of this foundational body so that we can serve you together and be fruitful. We pray especially for those who are really contemplating right now whether or not they should believe. We pray that you would give them the assurance in their heart that the things that they've read or that they've heard from your word are true, that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to the Father except through him. Help them to believe that, to believe him, and in so doing, receive eternal life. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.